During the shooting at Michigan State University two weeks ago, students and staff were asked to secure in place, which means closing and locking exterior doors. But some doors on campus don't have locks. So instead, students relied on taking off their belts and wrapping them around door handles and kind of pulling. What security measures can schools and universities take to protect people when there is an active shooter? This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. Dave Boucher of the Detroit Free Press looked into some of the shortcomings with MSU's current security system and the ways the school is looking to improve them. Hey, Dave. Thank you for having me. How did the issue of locks on doors on campus come to the attention of you and your colleague, David Jesse, who co-reported this story? I think the first question that I had was looking at the timeline of the of the shooting at Michigan State University. We know that law enforcement told us that the shooter entered the academic building, the first academic building, after 8 p.m. And so that, as someone, myself personally, who's not on college campuses every day, has struck me as interesting that someone who's not a student, who's not a faculty member or a staff member, could enter an academic building after 8 p.m. during the week. And so that prompted some questions and then looking back at uh, what happened in other mass shootings at college campuses, which brought up the issue of building access and security. Right. Dave, are there many classes on campus at MSU at that hour? I mean, I I was also wondering just who was in those buildings at that time of night. So we asked the university if it could give us some more details on what campus buildings are open and when, and they give us actually, a, they have a very long list of what buildings are open and how late they're open. And many buildings are open past 8 p.m. Some are open to 10 p.m. Some are open to midnight. The student union, union building is also was also open very late. So this wasn't like an outlier building. Many buildings are open uh, past what you and I might consider normal business hours. Sure. One one of the questions that you had was the, the possibility of how the doors might have been locked. You spoke with a student named Lily Brookman, who was at Bessie Hall at MSU at the time all this was happening. Can you tell us what she described about the room she was in? Sure. So as you said, she was in a separate building on campus when they when students received an alert from law enforcement. They're about a seven minute walk from Berkey Hall. So not right next door, but very close. And so Part of the guidance that Michigan State University gives to students for a secure in place or a shelter in place is to try and lock the door for the room where they are. However, in the specific classroom where they were, there were no door locks. Now, Michigan State University has told us that some doors have external locks that would require a key. But according to Lily, the student I spoke with, either the students or the professor that they were there with didn't have the capacity to lock their doors. Imagine these are double doors with a window that open out from the classroom. Most doors open out due to the fire code. And so even if students sort of piled up desks and other obstacles in front of the door, that might you know make it harder for someone to come in, but it wouldn't prevent the doors from opening. So instead, students relied on taking off their belts and wrapping them around door handles and kind of pulling in what Lily described as like a tug of war system that was intended to keep people out. Now, she said that after about an hour, law enforcement came. They didn't know it was law enforcement outside of the door and people were trying to stay away from the windows at the door so they couldn't see who it was. And law enforcement simply ripped the doors out of the hands of the students that were trying to pull on these belts and came in. Lily described it as a terrifying situation, and she said that it just would make her and other students feel safer if they had the ability to simply push a button to lock their door from the inside. 
Many of our institutes of higher learning have buildings that are decades, if not more, old. What did you and the rest of the team learn about locks on doors at Michigan's college campuses? Yeah, so we we took sort of a two-tiered approach. We wanted to understand whether or not classroom doors could lock either at all or simply through like a push button, other sort of system from the inside, and what sort of systems were in place to lock the exteriors of doors. And what we found is that by and large at Michigan's public universities, there tend to be more systems in place than what we found at Michigan State University. So at least Western Michigan, Wayne State, University of Michigan Flint, Northern Michigan University, and Grand Valley State University have the ability to remotely lock down most buildings on campus at the touch of a button. Michigan State had a system that could have allowed that to happen. They have some buildings that require key card access. But according to university officials, they didn't upgrade their software in a way that would allow them to remotely lock these buildings simultaneously before the shooting. Dave, it feels like this could be a cost-benefit analysis when you decide whether or not you're going to you're going to enact remote locks. I mean, can you maybe take us through how this is supposed to work? Like whose decision is it and what what considerations are they taking into account? Yeah, I think that's a really fair question. We spoke with a national expert who's the the head of security at a small private college in California, and he talked to us about that. He said that they they practice on their university. They have the capacity to do that, push a button and lock all exterior doors, but that there's a balance that needs to be struck. Typically, what happens is that universities send out a, a alert. They're required to do so under federal law that sends out like a text message alert or a notification to emails and phones saying that there's an active shooter or something comparable like that. And then the real question is, is how long after a university sends out that alert do officials push the button to lock exterior doors? There's a couple of complicating factors. One, like the case at Michigan State, the university doesn't have real-time monitoring of security cameras. And so it couldn't look at cameras together in real time to try and figure out where the shooter was. That's one of the reasons why the shooter was apparently able to enter multiple buildings and then walk away from campus. He was found miles away from campus. Right. And so if you were able to look at cameras, it helps you understand when, in theory, you can push the button to lock those doors. A second issue that came up at Michigan State is that apparently once they do have the capacity to remotely lock one building at a time or another building at a time, but when they push that button, it locks out everyone, including law enforcement. So there's a danger that if they push that button, they might lock a shooter in a building and not let law enforcement get in. We'll be back in just a minute. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Support for Michigan Public's Stateside Podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Many of our K-12 schools have drills and lockdown routines. Every school child is pretty familiar with this at this point. 
Do public universities or even private ones have anything like this? It seems like it would be very hard to drill on a campus of MSU size. Both Michigan State University and other schools across the state say that they do. Uh, For example, Eastern Michigan University in Ypsilanti said that they conduct what's called ALICE training. That's something that people might have heard of after the Oxford High School shooting, which is essentially supposed to be specifically crafted to help students run, hide, fight in light of a active shooter. Michigan State University specifically said that it had records, uh, according to its website, of how often it conducts comparable training and when it does that training. Uh, We at the Free Press have put in a Freedom of Information Act request for those records about when it happened, the results of that training, et cetera, and we have yet to receive those documents back. But yes, there is an indication that these universities are conducting some sort of training in potential preparation for a mass shooting event. Are there still questions about how the sequence of events went down at MSU that night that might inform how we think about security preparations for the future? Yeah, I think we're going to have a lot of questions. And I think this is something that potentially the university or the state together could delve into in some sort of report. We we saw after the whole country saw after the, the mass shooting at Virginia Tech in 2007, which is the largest and worst uh, college shooting in, in the, the country's history, that there was a massive report that the university put out that looked at many issues, including putting locks on individual classroom doors and on this simultaneous locking mechanism that could be in place on campuses. I think some of the questions we have uh, are are in that comparable vein. I, I mean, one of my colleagues spoke with a professor who was teaching in a classroom in Berkey Hall, the facility where the shooter came in first. And the shooter apparently came into that room, shot students and left. And that university professor had to push his foot up against a door to hope that that would deter the gunman from coming back. And so that's that's a potentially simple spot where the professor might have felt safer if he had been able to lock the door without pushing his foot against the door to prevent a shooter from coming back. That's one of the many questions that are in place. We've, we've heard from other university, other officials at Michigan State University, not just law enforcement, from the from the, the board and others, saying that they are trying to expedite their improvements on campus safety as well. One, one official told us that they're trying to do five years of improvements now within a matter of months. And those upgrades could cost, you know, in the, the neighborhood of $30 million. I think there are questions about why those upgrades weren't in place before this shooting, again, especially after mass shootings at other universities that were years ago. What might the security improvements at MSU look like? Can you flesh that out for us? Sure. So again, some of the issues that we've talked about are not all these rooms actually have push button locks. Uh, Typically, what what Michigan State told us is that the, the rooms that do have locks are key locks that are operated from the outside, which is really not a very handy or useful apparatus if somebody is quickly trying to lock the door in the event of a, of a shooter. Other other doors don't have locks at all. And so those are locking mechanisms on individual classroom doors is something that the, the university is, is exploring. That can be expensive. We spoke to that private university uh, campus security chief who said it costs $50,000 on his small private university. Michigan State is massive. It has hundreds of buildings. The school is also exploring getting that real-time monitoring of uh, surveillance video and on doing that software upgrade that could allow for a simultaneous remote locking of all exterior doors. What kind of cost outlay might that look like for a school of MSU's size? So MSU is saying, the, the someone on the board told us that it could cost as much as $30 million. So they're asking state leaders for money now to help expedite that process. Yeah. 
Is there any word on whether the legislature is going to entertain that request? They certainly might. You know, we've heard from lawmakers uh, in the aftermath of the, the MSU shooting specifically about typically about gun legislation, right? So we've heard from Governor Whitmer and chiefly the, the Democratic leadership in the House and the Senate about looking at either so-called red flag laws or at background checks or at other issues that could potentially address gun ownership uh, and the capacity to get a gun. Uh, it's worth noting that in this specific instance, law enforcement say says that the guns that were used in this case were purchased legally by the shooter. Uh, I have not heard as many questions about mandating specific security uh, apparatus at college universities, but I'm sure that those questions will come up in the, the days and weeks to come. Dave, thank you so much. Thank you. And that's the Stateside Podcast today. I'm April Baer. You can find full Stateside episodes at michiganradio.org. Today's podcast was produced by Rachel Ishikawa, our podcast editor. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Kabansag, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our executive producer is Laura Weber-Davis. Music for the show comes from Blue Dot Sessions. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.